Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. So, Steve, last in our last episode, we talked about the fact that conflict isn't bad. <clears throat> and I know that's, if you just said that to me years ago, I said, what, what in the world are you talking about? Conflict isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I avoid, I've avoided conflict at all costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that was a big reason why I had so much difficulty in relationships is because I would just run and hide whenever conflict would come up or, or, or go into the angry place, right? For sure. And we talked about all the, the various kinds of um, ego defense mechanisms that come to bear when there's conflict. And in that episode, the title of it was, you know, fighting the enemy, not each other. Yes. We're not the enemy to each other in a relationship. What's the enemy is that, these, is that the ego takes over and starts protecting itself instead of cooperating and having a, you know, a common goal of unity and, and getting to the, to the goal together. So in this episode, we're going we're gonna to talk more about this issue. We're going to talk about bat- how you battle through trauma together. Because it's trauma, it's past pain that really causes the survival brain to start bringing up all these defense mechanisms in the first place. Yes. We're trying to protect ourselves from what we've experienced that's painful in the past. So we're going to talk about how you battle through that trauma together. Because the trauma is really the issue. Not that we, we're going to get into disagreeing with each other and, bat, and butting heads. It's the fact that we need to start looking at our pain and the things that have, that have caused us dif- discomfort and challenge and stress in the past. How can we come together as a team to work on that together, yours and mine? So I think maybe to start that off, uh, a quick recap of the rules of connection that we talked about last in the last episode, episode six. And so really quickly, first, we talked about the fact that conflict isn't bad. 
It isn't something that we should try to avoid. And, and we even said, you should expect it. And here's the, here was the big mind blower, even encourage it. Yes. Encourage conflict. <laughs> um, because if it's, if it's done in a healthy way, it doesn't destroy a marriage. It actually brings us closer. And it's all based on how we handle it, how we go about it. And we provided some, some good tips on that last time. There's also a big difference. And another rule of connection is knowing the difference between conflict and contention. And we talked about how it's all about your intention as you come to that interaction. Uh, then we talked about um, the fact that if we let conflict go unaddressed, if we avoid, we don't talk, we go silent, then it just becomes more toxic. So avoidance is something that we want to, to begin to move through because that will stop connection if we're avoiding and, and, and uh, so look to engage in the, the collaborative conflict, as we called it. And then last of all, connection has very little to do with agreement. It has everything to do with being able to express feelings, to feel like you're being understood, making a sincere effort to understand your partner. Agreement's just a bonus. Yes. If you're able to come to agreement through all of that, that's great, but that's not the goal. Absolutely. The goal is I was able to fully express myself in a place of safety. You were able to do the same, and we were able to come together and be unified in that expression, whether we end up agreeing or not. Absolutely. So those were some of the rules of connection that we talked about last time. So let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's kind of step into this battling through trauma together and uh, the steps that we're going to talk about. Absolutely. And I, and I love how you phrased that, Mark, and I'm glad you recapped the, the idea of, you know, we all, you know, if you were to reference uh, one of my favorite books that I recommend to clients is uh, next to our own book, The Pornography Paradox, <laughs> is uh, I, I reference oftentimes John Eldridge's Wild at Heart. Uh, yes, book. great book. You know, great book, for you, especially for you addicts out there. It's all very much about what it means to be a man, what fulfills us, that kind of a thing. Um, and, and then his wife also wrote a uh, companion book called Captivating. But one of the things that he, you know, that he talks about in there is that people, but men, but also specifically people in general, we're, we're wired to face obstacles. We're wired to progress. Um, every man, for example, one of the things that he talks about is every man needs a battle to fight. We're wired to battle. We're wired to, 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 to go to war, so to speak. Um, what we go to war about, what we battle for, though, is oftentimes where those ego defense mechanisms step in and kind of short circuit us, right? Um, because I should be standing up for principles. I should be advocating, but I should be ag- advocating for my marriage, right? In, the conf- in, in, in that battleground of the, of the marriage, so to speak, uh, that's maybe not the best way to put it, but when you're, when you're talking about how to battle this thing, it's, it's not about how do I face off with my partner, right? It's how do we keep the direction focused on what the actual obstacle is. And that's the problem with those ego defense mechanisms and those character deficits or defects or whatever the terminology is that, that you prefer. It's, it's those things that get in the way and cause us to, to face off with each other rather than to take on the issues that come at us. And the difference between those two is huge because that is, that is the difference that we're talking about between conflict being something where you can actually be closer after the fact, right? You've grown together as a team. You've had to learn how to collaborate and to figure out that problem together. 
as opposed to trying, as opposed to letting either your ego or shame or any number of other things get in the way. And, and then, and then the issue becomes about that. So, yeah, I love that. You know, it, it reminds me of the, the phrase, you have to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. And I love the distinction that you talked about because we can either battle each other where I'm protecting my ego and my feelings and, and my turf and you're protecting yours. Yeah. And that's a battlefield of marriage, so to speak, where we're yeah. against each other versus being on the battlefield of life where yes. life's coming at us with all of its challenges and we're battling that together instead of each other. Like we're Absolutely. not against each other, we're with one another. And that's the conflict that we're going to war with is that conflict of just regular everyday life. And are we unified uh, on the battlefield rather than in a war against one another? So that, yes. yeah, that's a great distinction. And one other thing I guess we should say on that before we get into these steps to connecting in conflict um, is going to be a recognition, and, and this is really key. I mean, we'd, we'd all need a lot less therapy and a lot less outside help in our relationships if we were, I think, stick with this one thing. Everybody has what we call that authentic self inside, and we've, we've all talked, we've talked about that on, on this podcast multiple times. But uh, when, when I'm working with clients in my office, and I, Mark, I know you do the same thing, one of the first things that I do when working with them, as well as not just addicts, but with their spouses, is helping them to either sep- depending on the sp- on which partner, right? It's helping them to separate their true self from their addict self, or their true self from their trauma self, because both of them, even though they're very different in many respects, they do share some similarities, and they're they're both protection mechanisms that are dysfunctional, that that disrupt life, and come with huge consequences rather than helping life at least in most cases. Um, there is a place, you know, for, for trauma, obviously, but oftentimes the way it manifests cause, causes many problems as well. And so um, as you're going through this process with each other, recognize that, uh, you know, part of this being able to identify, uh, you know, what the obstacle is, even when it's, because I, I can almost hear the questions as somebody's listening to this, as a wife is listening to this. Well, that's great, Steve. So we battle this thing, right, together, but it's like his addiction. So how do we battle it together? It's how do I not battle my husband? And the way that you do that is by talking about it this way. Your, addic- your husband is not his addiction. Mark actually titled that one of the chapters in our, in our book. He, he is not his, addic- his addictive self. That is a separate part of him that even though it is a part of him, is not inherent to him. It's not something that, was, that was, he was born with. It is something that was learned. It was something that was acquired over time in really negative ways. And because it was those things, it can also be it can also be dealt with and distanced from. And same thing holds true with the trauma. You were you were not in, traumatized in the, in the marriage, at least to the degree that you are now, by your spouse prior to the betrayal. Right? There was obviously other things that I'm sure had happened in your life, both pre and after marriage. But there is there. It's important to recognize that you are not your trauma for those partners of addicts out there as well. And that even though it, it is a defense mechanism that does have some positive benefits, but also can be pretty short-circuiting in a lot of ways, it is something that can be overcome and worked through and doesn't have to be something that has to, just like with the addiction, run your life, your responses, those kinds of things. Anyway, I know that's kind of big picture stuff, but just want you to kind of keep that in, in mind as we go through the process. It's definitely one of those things that's much more easier to say than do, 
Um, sounds really cute in a therapist's office or on a podcast when it's all <laughs> Zen and it's like, oh, perfect. We'll just do that. But um, if you're if you're willing to take that time, just keep that in the back of your mind. This process, I think, will will be much easier to do. So, okay. So jumping into these uh, these five steps for connecting with conflict. Uh, so we we do have five, and this specifically, I will tell you guys, uh, Mark and I are going to be walking through this. Uh, even though wives, this is going to be valuable for you. Uh, this is very much, this is a template that you can use in other areas of marriage, but for, you know, if we're talking about recovery today specifically, this is how we're going to, I guess, I guess from a perspective of building off of our last episode, this is one of the formats in which you can use to work through trauma together, right? So if the conflict is trauma-based in some sort of way, just like other areas, this is going to apply really well. So if we were to kind of start off with a step one, we can, we can kind of walk you through this and uh, maybe we'll do an example here at the end of how that actually looks and what that plays out like. Step one is learning to be able to sit with your partner's emotions. Now, this is tough to do, harder than I think most people realize. Um, it sounds, I was just like, oh, okay, I'll sit with their emotions. It's, it's not, but it's probably going to involve doing it at least to some degree. I can virtually guarantee differently than how you're doing it now. Because when one partner is expressing really tough emotions to the other, what's the natural response? Get defensive, right? We get defensive, our shame kicks in, maybe our pride kicks in, maybe it's a little bit of both. Other defense mechanisms, right? Um, we feel like we're being come at, we're personalizing, right? What's being the other person's emotions to some degree, probably in, in an unhealthy way in many respects. And so we start to lock down, right, to some degree with our spouse in a variety of different ways. When, if you're going to really work through conflict, you have to, this goes back to that empathy skill, right? We talked about several episodes ago. If you're going to really connect with your partner, you're going to have to learn how to sit in the pain that your partner is experiencing or the frustration or whatever the case is. And that doesn't mean that you sit there and nod your head, right? <laughs> that means that you really are able to, and this is where your own self-care becomes so so key, guys, is that everybody needs to be consistent in that self-care so that you're, you're coming into these discussions and these situations as centered as you can be. But if you're going to really work through the issue, you have to be able to get down on your partner's level with what they're feeling. Now, like we talked about last time, connection does not mean agreement, right? And oftentimes this is where partners, I think, struggle with this because we feel like be it with trauma or be it with any other issue, right? There's that averseness to almost sitting in, in the pain. One, because of what we just talked about, right? Because it's, we're pain averse. People, people are pain averse, right? The brain is a pain averse organism. It, it, it seeks the, it's like, it's like emotionally and intellectually it runs like water, right? It takes the path of least resistance unless you steer it somewhere else. Addicts, because of the profile and how that works in the brain and the biology behind it, also coupled with the shame and everything else, are uber pain averse, uh, even more so than maybe your, your typical. And so being able to sit with it is, is crucial that way. But going back to this concept of, you know, connection is not agreement by, by getting down on your partner's level and trying to understand them. It's important that you recognize that doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. I can, I can connect with my wife's pain. Even if I don't, if, and if I don't necessarily agree with her point of view, I can connect with my wife's pain, her trauma, even if I haven't experienced the same trauma, because I can connect with the emotions tied to it, right? I have not been, I may not have been betrayed by a spouse 
the way that I betrayed my wife. But that doesn't mean that I can't connect with, with emotions of feeling insane. It doesn't mean that I can't connect with, you know, feeling like I, I don't know what, what's up and what's down. It doesn't mean I can't connect with feeling just betrayal in general and what that looks like and how much that hurts. And so even, even if we haven't experienced those same things, uh, it is, definitely is possible to do that. And so, again, simple steps seemingly, but that's, these steps are in order for a reason, guys. And if, if you're not able to take step one, this is where you, you use that skill of taking a break and come back to the discussion. You take a break from each other, you own your own emotions, say, I'm, I'm not ready to do this right now. Can we come back to this another time? And you do that. Because if you try to do steps two through five, uh, you're gonna be screw you're screwed, honestly, um, trying to make this work on, on, in terms of a way that's going to lead to the vision that we're, we're describing. Yeah, it's, it's, I had a really tough time and I see, especially the guys that I work with, they, this is so hard for them. Mm-hmm. When they're when a wife starts expressing her pain and her trauma, the immediate knee jerk reaction on the part of of the man is to immediately get defensive and to throw up walls and protect himself. And I don't have to sit here and take this. It gets all it gets personal. He interpret his brain interprets it as an attack, and all the things. Here's the here's the irony of it. All the things that can originally drive me to addiction in the first place, and the things I'm trying to escape and self soothe and self medicate, when I am going to sit and sit in the in my wife's pain and just be with her, all of that stuff is going to be triggered. That has driven me to addiction my whole life. Absolutely. So this is no easy thing to just. You have to just sit and be in the moment while your ego brain is shouting at you, you don't sit here, don't take this. Oh my, right. It just wants to, to flee or lash out. And this is where you, it, you just have to sit there and just be in that moment with her. You don't say Absolutely. anything. You don't do anything. You just be. And that takes practice. Don't Absolutely. be surprised as the first one or two or five or 12 times you try this. <laughs> You end up storming off and then you come back and try it again. Sure. Well, and this, this can be just as difficult for a wife, right? Yes. I mean, one of the hardest things for, I think, spouses is when a partner, when their addict's partner starts getting more vulnerable about their struggle. Yes. Right. And processing. Wives find that they have, and understandably so, right? Have this a really difficult time being like, oh, great. So, so now you're feeling pain, right? Lucky for you. Welcome to my world from the last six months or 10 years or whatever it's been. Um, but again, it doesn't have to, you want to be careful not to let that ego piece getting, get in the way. There is room for everyone's pain in the room. It's important to remember that. Just because one partner is expressing pain or frustration in one area doesn't mean that it in any way minimizes or outdoes the others. It's possible for both of those to coexist. In fact, if you're willing to do that, that's where real magic happens or you're able to not try and outdo each other or outwit each other and make it a contest of whose trauma is more important or whatever it is. But if you're just able to recognize, you know what, we have both been hurt in different ways in this process by ourselves, by our partners, maybe everything, all the above. And, and how do we do that again in a more healthy way, right? How do we, how do we look at it as just that it's, it's one another's pain and it's okay for both of us to have that. So anyway, we could, 
we could talk about these all day. We're going to make yeah. this a two hour so, podcast. If we we're don't only on step so, one. <laughs> so anyway, um, Mark and I would love to see you in our office though, if you want to talk about it more. <laughs> so anyway, well, well, let's move on to step two, Mark. Yeah, let's go to step two. And, and w- w- what I wanted to say real quick is just because I'm sitting with someone in their pain doesn't mean that, I, that that's saying that I think they're right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that what they've done to hurt me is somehow lessened. Yes. It's just sitting with it. You're just recognizing their reality. Yeah, just recognizing their reality. No judgments, no you know, big declarations. Just I'm just... Just being with, being in this moment with you. It does not make it fact. It it means that it's it's for them. It's real, right? Yep. We'll Just, deal with what is real, real another day, and that's where therapists can be really helpful. But intimacy doesn't happen on trying to figure out what objective reality is, right? Yeah. Intimacy comes from the understanding. So so let's go to let's go to step two on connecting in conflict and trauma, and talk about some of the practical aspects of this. How do I do it? Because I know as a guy. As guys, you got to give us just really plain, straightforward instructions. How do I do this? That's uh, true. It's <laughs> true. So. Hey, everybody. Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. There's a real simple little formula that we call validate and inquire. So as I'm sitting with, for example, my wife in pain, and I'm, I'm just listening to her and f- trying to feel with her, I can just simply, uh, first of all, validate her feelings. Your feelings make sense. I, I, I'm tr- I can understand why you feel this way. You try to go to that place where you can, you can at least validate the fact that she has a right to feel that. There are reasons why she feels that. And, and if you can express that and validate it, even when your ego's screaming at you <laughs> to defend yourself and to lash out, you just try to go to that place. Okay, yeah, I can, I can, I get that. I can validate that. That makes some sense to me. Once you validate in that way, the next part of that process is to now inquire. Can you help me better understand what you're feeling? Help me really come over to your side and understand what this is about. Just express it as deep and raw as you can. I really want to know. And so I like to say you, you, you try to go to this place of just intense curiosity. Yes. I really want to know. And again, you can't do that if you're giving into the ego because it, it doesn't want to know. Nope. (laughs) It just wants to defend itself and battle for its turf. But if you can move to this place of just common, you know, just this common place of compassion and understanding, see, okay, I really, really, really want to understand. That's my whole purpose in this moment. And so that's the, that's the second step is this validation and then inquiry, inquiry or curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love what you're, what you're saying. Step three actually is sort of a, an extension of step two, but we do make it a separate step because it's so important. Um, 
this isn't just a tool or or necessary for developing con real connection guys this is also an important tool we'll talk about later as we start getting into codependency which is going to be a multi-pronged <laughs> episode uh discussion of itself but accountability is what is step three and what i mean by accountability is you taking ownership one of your own feelings but also of your own actions that may have contributed to what's going on right it doesn't mean that we own our partner's emotions and that's where we oftentimes get off track because I can't, at the end of the day, I can't own how my wife responds to my, my trauma, but I can take ownership. I can validate that, but I can't take ownership of it. Uh, but I can take ownership, right, of, of what? I can take ownership of my actions, right? The things that I've done or said or not done or not said that have contributed to where she's at. And that's important, um, not just for that validation piece like we talked about, but the, so that I'm owning my own stuff. Now, this is important on an emotional level for connection, but it's also, an important, it's also important for the rest of the exercise because if you can't have accurate accountability in a discussion like this, how do you actually solve the problem? If you're not able to actually set aside your ego, your pride, those other things that you know, we've, we, we talked about too much at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> if, you're not able to, <laughs> if you're not able to do those things, uh, then, then again, being able to come together as a team uh, you, if you if there's not an agreement on what you need to work on, that's maybe a better place to right. If there's not if you're not able to divide the labor, so to speak, and say, okay, so you know these are some of the things that are problematic and that where I'm going to have to change. These are some of the things that that are problematic and you're probably going to have to change, right? Then then you're not going to be as effective as in this as as you can be. And this and it should be noted that this is again you know what we're talking about here. This five step process. These are opposites, right, of what we typically do. You know, we, the, 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 the five-step process for not connecting in conflict is kind of the MO of too many of us, right? Which is step one is, you know, don't fight through the pain averseness, immediately withdraw, right? Step two is deny and defend, right? Step, so <laughs> we, step three is going to be rationalizing, justifying. Step four would be um, going into victim mode, right? Step five would be shutting down. And so we're going to get to those others. But uh, verse, as opposed to rationalizing and justifying, we want to do the opposite, right? It doesn't mean that you have to, and again, there's a hesitancy here. If I own part of the problem, then that means two, one of two things, right? Either I am the problem or the problem is all my actions. And that is not necessarily the case. It's important that we just, not in every case anyway. And so it's important that we, as you're going through that, that there's that accurate accountability. Yeah, and step four uh, is where we talk about this thing of empathy. And empathy is a, a hard thing. A lot of people confuse empathy with sympathy. Sympathy, you know, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, you know, poor you. Uh, I, I love one of uh, Brene Brown's examples of that where someone's, you know, going through a really painful thing and she shows sympathy. Oh, I'm, that's so, I'm so sorry about that. Can we go get a sandwich? <laughs> sure. Whereas, you know, you kind of put in your token, your token understanding, and then you move on. It's the Hallmark card approach. Right. The Hallmark card approach. I love So yeah. sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. <laughs> yes. Empathy, on the other hand, and this is so important as a couple, is literally where you try to put yourself into the other's shoes. I want to step into, I want to climb into your skin and feel what it's like to be you. Now, that's difficult because you could say, well, 
but I haven't experienced exactly what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I, as a man, have run into this many times with my wife, uh, my mother, my sisters, others, other women in my life, where they have some unique things that they have experienced. For example, I don't know what it's like to give birth. I don't know what it's like to have uh, the horrible uh, trauma of a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. There are many things that I won't experience as a man directly. However, Empathy simply means I'm trying to get into the place of feeling as, as common a feeling as I can with that person. So what are they feeling as an emotion? Well, is it great loss? For example, they've lost a child. Well, I haven't, I've never lost a child, but have I had loss in my life? And can I take myself back to that place of immense loss, even yes. though it's a different circumstance, and get into the emotion of it? Yeah, I can. I've had trauma. I've had disappointment. I've had fear. There's, there's really nothing that another person is going through that cannot be tied to some kind of base emotion that I can relate to if I can call up a similar emotion in my experience. And Absolutely. so that's how we climb into another's shoes, not claiming that, you know, one of the things that really bugs me and probably you too. Oh yeah, I totally understand. Uh-huh. Yes. It's like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. And please don't say that. But I, 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 I have an idea how you're feeling because I have felt similar. Yeah. Right? We've probably felt something that's, that, that's, uh, that's been like this. So instead of going into victim mode, oh, great. She's expressing all this stuff. And then, and, and, you know, yeah, I'm such a loser. Yeah, it's all my fault. And so here we go back into ego mode. But instead, go to the place of empathy. Oh, what is, what's really, what is, what is the real basic emotion she's feeling? And I can call up a time in my past where I've felt that. And I'm going to go into that place with her right now. And, and that is empathy. We're in the sure. same general feeling state together. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of jumped the gun on step four. I talked about I know a little, you did. little bit of <laughs> step one. Oh, like, uh, that, that was my bad. He's on step four. What's he doing? <laughs> so ignore that, ignore that five minute segment of mine and listen to Mark's. <laughs> so that, yeah, Mark did a great job with that. Uh, step five. So support. Um, this is, this is probably for me, if I was to talk personally for a second, this has been one of the hardest parts for me when as I've been trying to be supportive or trying to work through trauma uh, with my wife in most cases which you know I've been the cause of um, it, there is there's lots of research out there that that points to the fact that men generally speaking are fixers um, women tend to be processors and what I mean by that is men uh, we tend to kind of take like the seal team six approach to many issues it's just let's get in, do whatever we got to do, and just get out, right? I, I hear this from guys all the time. Steve, just give, me, just give me the five steps to doing this empathy crap, and I'll just do it, and it'll be good, and we'll move on, right? It'll be, she'll be fine. And, and we have to have discussions about that sometimes, right? And, <laughs> and how to bring in more of the processing. But step five for a, for a fixer, which I definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm a therapist, which probably doesn't lend to that, right? That's kind of, that's what I get paid to do. And and to some degree, and, and with, my, with my wife, it is really difficult when she's experiencing trauma or difficult emotions. One, because I feel, you know, if I'm the cause of it to some, some degree, I'm, I feel responsible. 
And two, just the fact that I love her and want her to be happy and it hurts when she's hurting. I, it's easy for me to jump into call it therapist mode or fixer mode. Fixer mode probably is more accurate and just say, well, let's, here's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Either, either jump into giving advice mode or into getting caught or, or we get caught in that whole idea of somehow trying to change the past or undo the trauma. Right. And the reality is, is there is no way to do that. Like we talked, remember our rules for trauma a couple episodes ago. So you see how this all is tying together. Trauma is always a one-way street. You're, you're not going to get anywhere by trying to unpunch your spouse. It will never work. The only way through trauma is, is, is just that. It's through it. Um, not around it, not going back behind it. And so in that context, uh, usually the, the, there are a couple of phrases that I have adopted myself <laughs> in my own recovery work that I would encourage you to start considering using for, for you and your spouse. The first one, you know, I know that I can't change the past, but is there something that I can do to be helpful today? Maybe it's around the trauma. Maybe I can just make some other area of life easier for you, right? Uh, to, to lessen that burden so that you've got that emotional energy to devote where, to, to the place that you're at, right? What, can I take the kids for the night? Can I, you know, uh, my wife, her, her, her therapy zone is Target. Can I, <laughs> you just want to take the night and go, go browse Target or I mean, what would be, what would be best? Um, and that's hard. That is really difficult for me because, again, that instinct is just wanting to either jump in and fix it or change it um, in an effort to write just kind of let's, let's do this and let's move on. But the thing about trauma is that you may work through one area of trauma one day and maybe that same area or a different area pops up 10 minutes later, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. Now, if, 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 if we're talking trauma, for example, for a minute, if a traumatized spouse is, is doing the work on their end to help recover from that and they're working with a good professional and they've got you know, a good support system, then, then those, those trauma responses, again, we're just talking trauma for, for a second, are going to way go down and, and are going to greatly reduce over time as, as, as you get better ways to cope and skills and all the things that, that happen with those support systems in place. But, um, but plan on, on, for example, if we're talking trauma, that coming up, on a recurrent basis. Um, and if it does, the reason why we've outlined it this way is because these five steps, they, if you're willing to be sincere about them and do your best to practice them, they are super effective and helpful. Um, oftentimes, the uh, answer that I, that I have heard spouses get when they go into step five of, you know, what can I do for you right now? Oftentimes, the response is just you tr trying to do what you're doing is what I need. Just the fact that you're hearing, that you're present here with me, that you're not going into the old blame game or the old gaslighting or the, you know, shutting off and, you know, exiting stage left or whatever, but you're here with me and you're owning things. Oftentimes that is the answer, right? Sometimes the answer is the exact opposite. If, if, if a spouse is still in a really frustrated place, I know I, I can tell you I've had many guys that I work with who have uh, they will ask that question, you know, what can I do for right, right now? And it's, you know, you can get the hell out of here or whatever. And maybe that's, <laughs> that's a whole other discussion, but maybe that's, maybe there's space that needs to be taken. Maybe the answer is, is stepping back from the conversation. But if you can stay in that place and let go of your own, I know how to fix this mentality, right? Or I know what we should do here. 
and simply put it put the ball in their court in a loving way what is it that you need right now here in this moment that's where you're going to really get somewhere and that's a that's a big test in my experience about because guys will say how do i know if i'm doing this right how do i know you know we always want to know okay there's five steps i'm going to do each step and it's going to be very systematic and I'm going to know if it was a success. And we want to, we want to just put it into this exact process. And this is anything but that. Because like you said, trauma comes in layers. We peel back one layer and the guy wants to say, okay, it's fixed. We can move on. And here yes. comes another layer. I thought, I thought we already talked about that. I thought we already resolved this. Why are we back to this now? And I like to say it takes what it takes. And yes. there's no way to control that process, which is a lot of times what we want to do. We want to control it. We want to control the outcome, the timing, the process. So the way you know if you're doing this right is are you, as you said, are you putting it into your partner's court? I love yeah. that because as a guy, I'm going to want to try to fix it on my terms. Okay, yes. I'll listen. I'll empathize. You go ahead and express to me, oh, I have the solution. Here it is. Mm -hmm. I want to dictate what that is the process you're talking about is you tell me what is it that you need from me today? What do you need from me in this moment? And I'm not yeah. going to try to influence that or, or uh, steer it a certain way or dismiss it. If I don't agree, whatever you're telling me your need is, I'm going to honor that and do my best to do my part to help with it. It's coming from the other side rather than me trying to dictate the conditions of that. So I, I, it's, it's, so that's how, you know, am I, is it, is it all coming from my partner and, or is, or am I trying to force this situation? And it's like going you, to that place of control. Mm -hmm. You're losing this process. Yes. And I, and I love that, uh, the way that you put that in, and that's a great point to bring up that there isn't uh, this, these five steps, there's not like a time frame in which these should happen in a conversation. They all, they may not all happen in one conversation. Like we talked about, maybe for different reasons, as you go through the process, you need to take a break. And Wait, maybe it's this, not just after step. Steve, five. I want a checklist. You mean I don't check the boxes <laughs> and, then, and then tell my wife we're done? This isn't just an exact, honey, we've, we've done the five <laughs> steps now. You should be feeling better. <laughs> you know, this, this should be, you should be in a better place. No, I mean, it's, it's again, this, one, it's not an exact science. Two, this takes time to practice and to be able to do on every level. It's very difficult. Um, but the idea is that you're trying and I, and I can tell that I, having worked with lots of men and women over the years using a, a process, this process essentially, um, with them that they, that their effort that the spouse is putting in, even if it's not done perfectly is, is always recognized. And that in and of itself creates the safety. I have had guys, I have had wives who I've worked with who have broken down in tears in my office when I, you know, I used to. I, I used to, you know, write these things out for a guy and he'd take notes in my office, right? Or whatever, or I will still do that from time to time. And when she's having a hard time, he will pull that piece of paper out of his back pocket and he'll look at it and he'll start <laughs> jumping into the steps. Right now, on the one hand, you could say, oh, that's so artificial. But I would say no, because that's where it starts. And for a lot of guys and women, this, that's where it should start. And that sincerity, if you're willing to be vulnerable with your partner, is huge. Yeah. If, if you can look at a partner and say, you know what, he's not doing this perfect or she's not doing this perfect, but they are trying. That is what, that is what makes a marriage really. Yeah. Isn't it? And it, and they it's in trying. such, it's in such contrast to the way things have happened in the past. That's totally. why it's so powerful. She's like, wow, 
he's actually being with me. Absolutely. This is the first time I've ever seen him fully present in our marriage. I've had guys say that, our wives say that. He, uh, Mark, he actually made eye contact and he was actually there. Mm -hmm. I could tell he was there. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Right. We're being intimate. Into me, you see. Into you, I see. I love it. And that intimacy is so powerful. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to the assignment, shall we? Before yes. we, this turns into a three-hour podcast. Absolutely. We'll keep it in our 40-minute <laughs> window. All right, guys. So I know we've thrown a lot of information at you today. Like anything, again, it's going to take some time. It's, it's a progress, not perfection uh, operation that we're running here. And so the goal here isn't to do this perfectly from here on out. The goal is just to get the wheels going in terms of starting. So uh, the assignment that we're going to give you is, again, this is going to take advantage of some of those check-ins um, that we've been having you do. Um, we're going to have you take a recent conflict as a couple, identify something that's come up lately, or maybe it's even something that comes up today, right? Uh, maybe you think that life is great, and then this afternoon you're having to use this in real time. Who knows? But, uh, but we want you to take that, be it current or past, and, and use these steps. Go through it. Have, it. have it printed up. Have it on a notepaper. Have it on a whatever. And walk through the steps as best that you can. And then you go back and in check-ins following that, either continue with the process if you didn't kind of complete it all the way through once, but, but if you did, re-examine re it, right? In a loving, vulnerable way. You know, these things that you did there, you know, honey, they, those really resonated with me. And I love the way that you did that. This other thing still felt like it just, it just wasn't, 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 I wasn't feeling it, right? Or whatever the case is. And if you're able to have that kind of back and forth with it, because everyone's got a separate love language, right? Everyone has a different way of, 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 I mean, these are basic steps, but these should be tooled to your marriage and what resonates for you and for your partner. And that, that just takes like any other part of the relationship, some exploration. So looking yeah. at what worked well, what didn't, and then please let us know. We're going to put another plug in for this. We love hearing from listeners. Uh, both about your progress, what's working for you. If, the, if you've got negative feedback for, for us, we're fine with that too. Uh, if you're having problems implementing the stuff that we're talking about, we want to hear from you. So we've got a contact form, the contact us page on pbsepodcast.com. Uh, shoot, shoot us an email, shoot us, shoot us a topic that you'd like us to cover on future podcasts and we'll get it in the lineup because there are many, many, many out there. And I'll just uh, I'll finish off with, with just one point about what you just said, Steve, on this assignment. The thing I love about this is it brings this sense of grace into our relationship. Just because yeah. something's happened in a way that was painful in a conversation we had, in a conflict, in an argument, something didn't go well, it doesn't mean that that is fixed, that it's done, that there's no hope. There's, there's, there's infinite do-overs. Yeah. We can come back together, like you just said, take that scenario that happened that didn't go well, and let's do it again right now using these steps. Mm, to me, that's, that's offering each other grace in your relationship. This yeah. place of doing over, of forgiveness, of try again, and let's see if we can do a little, a little bit better this time. Learning, growing, experiencing, and moving forward together. I love that. Awesome. So. Very good. Awesome, guys. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to, you, talk to you next week. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at 
pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.